0: Hi everyone, this is Tim, and I'm here to talk to you about Direct Sellers Wine Club. Join Direct Sellers Wine Club, get your monthly deliveries direct to your door, discover new selections each month, and build a business. This is a great opportunity not only to introduce new wines to yourself, but to your family, friends, and colleagues. And in a process, you'll get free wine and an opportunity to build your own business. Direct Sellers Wine Club, revolutionary approach puts the focus 100% on you. So join Direct Sellers Wine Club. To learn more, go to our Facebook page, Radio MVP, and click the Shop Now button. Or contact me at Tim at RadioMVP.com. That's Tim at RadioMVP.com. everyone. This is Tim. Hey, thanks for the download. Just a quick reminder... If you get your downloads through iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And if you don't, still go to iTunes and rate and review our podcast because it'll help us move up the ranks and others can find us as we continue to grow Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I want to thank you for the download and get you ready for Episode 17. Anthony and I will be talking about a lot, so enjoy the podcast starting right Now. (laughs) Hi everyone, this is Tim along with Anthony and this is episode 17 of Radio MVP Sports Podcast tonight as we're going to talk about of course the NFL, what's going on there, Uh, Major League Baseball with the Cleveland Indians and their amazing run that uh, ended up last week and a new one started this week and tonight they are out in California taking on the Angels. We'll get into that here. They're about uh, maybe an hour and a half before first pitch there so we got some time. And of course, uh, we're going to talk some Penguins football and a little about anything else that may come up our way. As uh, most know, we don't script the show. We just kind of talk and uh, get through the issues that are going on. And we had some uh, fun last week trying to give away some YSU uh, tickets for our upcoming September 30th game against South Dakota State.
1: And Anthony, what's going on with you? Not too much. It's uh, great feedback. We're already at episode 17. It's hard to believe. And we are already at week four of the high school football season. I know. It's just Crazy. incredible. Uh, we're already in the conference play for most college football teams. I know, you know, we start conference play next week and it's no easy one. You, you don't get Indiana State or Missouri State to open up. They give you a top four team and say, good luck, guys. But uh on that note, uh, congratulations to our uh, contestant winner Bronco Merv, uh, who rated and reviewed us on the iHeart or iTunes app, um, and we really appreciate his continued support and downloading and re- uh, reviewing us. And we will be in touch with him shortly about the. Ticket. We got more giveaways. Yeah, on Facebook. By the way,
0: we're gonna have more giveaways. Yeah. So if you uh, just just randomly here. If you continue to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, uh, we'll pick random winners from that, and uh, we'll find some type of a of a prize to give away. And uh, so there's your little nugget out there. Plus, we'll read the uh, reviews here yeah. on the
1: podcast. So let me say, and this get you too. involved. Go ahead, Ray. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off that, and I'm so excited that we have a loyal listener out there. Um, hopefully, it continues to grow. I know Putin from Russia is joining us. We're kind of the FBI not on the door any a minute here. Um, but I'm going to throw this out there, too. You know, we just wanted people to rate and review us, right? Correct. All right. The next thing I want them to do, go to our Facebook page. And the first person, I'm going to ask a trivia question. I don't know. It'll probably be about, I don't know, Tim and I will come up with it. It won't be a hard one. The person who responds to it correctly with the hashtag RadioMVP, it has to be the correct answer, and hashtag RadioMVP, will get a complimentary ticket on me to watch our Penguins beat North Dakota State on the 14th of October in prime time at Stambaugh. So that's, that's the way that I want to do personally. Tim, you obviously can do, you know, but I'm – I'm so jacked up after running for 496 yards and eight touchdowns that I just I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to run. It was, the wall.
0: you know, that was a it was a it was a perfect game for uh, YSU to have at home. Uh, you know, I thought they, you know, under the circumstances of not having Wells, you got Mays in the ball game. He played well. They got the old sets of running the ball mm-hmm. and got him to be able to throw the ball uh, yep. throughout the game. Like well, I was hoping to see as we talked about, and I thought it absolutely had to happen just to give him some yep. experience on the field is get Davis in the ball game. And I thought on all those check marks that, I mean, just, you just know, get those boxes being checked and the defense playing as well as it did. I don't want to, I don't want to slight the defense for what they achieved uh, throughout that ball game. And I thought watching it, I was very, very thrilled. You know, I I knew the more talented team was YSU coming in, and I expected a blowout like what happened. But I I love when I see a team succeed to the level of expectation, and I really thought YSU uh, last Saturday did that.
1: You know, there are probably two or three of these games each year for teams – up and down the country, uh, that have national championship expectations, and it's not, and it's safe to say that this year at Youngstown State there are national championship expectations. You talk to the players, the coaches, like I have them, and, and they expect to be back in Frisco. That's the goal. Um, and if you look at this past week, and I think it showed it perfectly, that there were some—I don't want to call them trap games. I think that's overused. Um, but games against teams that it's tough to get up for. You know, the Central Connecticut States for YSU leading into a bye week, leading into a top five showdown that will have national implications, conference and championship wise. Um, Auburn had one against Mercer. Uh, o- Ohio State against Army. Oklahoma against Tulane. Alabama against Colorado State, and, and, and the list goes on. And, it, it, and you can see Auburn looked terrible. Notre Dame struggled with Boston College for the first 38, 40 minutes or so. Ohio State was 17-7 at halftime, 20, you know. So it, it is nice to see a team with all that looming come out, take care of business, and look crisp. I thought YSU really looked crisp from the defensive side of the ball that, again, continues each week to improve. Now, granted, you're playing Central Connecticut State, but they did what they had to do. They came out, you know, outside of the first drive. They dominated up front, and you ended any hope of them having any belief they could compete. There weren't many penalties on YSU. You know, in those games, you can get these stupid false starts, delayed games, you know, the offsides. And I don't think, and I could be wrong, I don't think YSU had a false starter offsides. And that shows a lot about concentration, and it shows a lot about why issues depth. Bo has spoke about that highly this year, that he believes this is our deepest team, and it showed. 70 guys dressed for the game on Saturday. Everyone played. And I don't want to get into names who played and who played a lot, because at this point it doesn't matter. Everyone played and ever contributed. And I'll show out this fact, too, that I don't think is getting a lot of run. Past couple years, why issues kickoff return team has been terrible, and their kick coverage team has been subpar. It's not been very good. Last week it was tremendous, and you didn't have one guy flying to the football. You had two or three guys flying to the football every single kickoff. And in a fifty point game, it's tough to get. Oh, I got to run down and cover these guys. That are not going to you know. And it shows a lot about these guys and the competition that Bo has instilled. And it was nice to see, finally, at one point, Bo smiled. Bo Pelini smiled during a game. <laughs> it was just awesome. Yeah, it, it, it does awesome. happen. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. It was awesome to see the crowd. I thought the crowd was tremendous. For a, a, a 2 o'clock game against Central Connecticut State, you know you're going to wipe the field with them. But it was nice to see that the community showed out, came out 2,000 more people than the Robert Morris game. Now the weather helped, but still, they were into it. They were loud. And I want to give a shout out to the players. After they were done singing the fight song, every single one of them ran over and, sh- and shook hands w- with the fans that stayed after the game. And that, and I know it doesn't mean much. But it goes along with Shows appreciation, way. appreciation, and building, you know, camaraderie because there are going to be points this year, and there are going to be points this year where, and I, I, know Tim, you can speak of it from a media standpoint from covering it in the '90s that there were some games the fans took the opponents out of it and they scared oh, the living daylights out of you know. It.
0: So, Youngstown State football fans are pretty loyal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're no different than any other brand of football fan. Meaning, the more success you have, the more you see of them. Mm-hmm. That's, that goes with all, all sports and all scenarios. Yeah. and and look, everyone wants. I honestly them. do. Let's be honest. I, you know, here is one thing I love about what they did this past year: is they. They, we the a schedule in a sense they have certain kickoff times every day, every game.
1: Yes, yes You know, you yes. knew
0: when the night games were, then you now know where the day games are, and they're not changing. They're not going to be a six o'clock kickoff one night, yes. a seven o'clock kickoff the yep. other day, a four o'clock kickoff, a one o'clock kickoff. It's all, it's all symmetry yep. now. And that, I think, helps all fans figure out when the game is and what they want to do. And. I, and I honestly do believe that part of the marketing of the football program got a little out of whack in the last 7 to 10 years.
1: Well, yeah, the 4 o'clock where they kicks were really just-
0: juggled around. Well, and I get it. I get it. You go back 12, 15 years ago when when Tress was down at Ohio State. I mean, Tress was falling was huge. Yeah. And, and it was a big impact on it. And they were trying to work around it. I get it. But ever since, you know, Tress has returned as president – and Pelini now as head coach, they seem to got their act back together and have recognized the fact that you don't have to compete as long mm-hmm. as you put yourself in position yep. to succeed. Yep. And I mean by that, by having the steady kickoffs, you know, having the night games when you did, have the day games the rest of the year now that we're getting into that time of the season, mm-hmm. and really take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you. Now, obviously – if a game could be moved to prime time scenario for television or for, yeah. uh, you know, ESPN or a, a Fox Newports or whatever the case may be where, you know, they're going to feature a one double a school game. Fine. I have no problem with that. You do what you have to do, but for the most part, that's, you don't have to go out of your way to do that. And, right. and I honestly, I, I think, you know, they're going to find their, their fans, you know, let the bottom line is, FCS games are all over the all over the town now, uh, seven days a week, basically, yep. and in prime time. And you're not going to compete against that. You're not going to compete on a national level against a, a regional football program. And that's what Youngstown is. Now, I do believe though, you can put your best foot forward and give your op- fans an opportunity to see your your team and know when it's coming about, and not have to make big choices. And I think that's what will happen and i honestly do believe uh as this program continues to win and more win you're going to see more and more people say it's the place to be again at guys castle and that's that's what i think every fan and any administrator or football player coach and uh anybody associated with the program wants and that's that's all you can do is go out there and compete compete correctly compete with uh you know the the opportunity to win, and I think we're going to see that in the long term for Youngstown State. And I'm really proud of uh, some of the direction they're headed in. As an alumnus and a guy who uh, who's cheered for YSU since uh, you know this first football game he ever went to was a YSU game.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to get into a lot on a South Dakota State in the game next week. We'll talk about that when it's actually. Yeah, game. I mean we got a whole week for that. Yeah. But- the- You know, the bottom line – I wouldn't mind seeing, seeing, and I don't know what the schedule is next week for ESPN's primetime games. I don't know who's in primetime or who's not. I'm assuming it's going to be one of the big boys again. But there are some weeks that you got – and I think this past week was a good example of it. Outside of Texas and USC, which, by the way, was a fantastic game, as much as it pained me to see USC again sneak out with a win. God almighty, I hate Tommy Trojan. (laughs) <laughs> um, but it would be kind of cool when there's a week where there's not really a lot of big time games in division one that are prime time worthy. I mean, this past weekend, Tim, you had Penn state and Georgia state at eight o'clock. If I'm a fan of either team, I don't want to wait till eight o'clock to, to watch a game or go to that game, but I get it TV and you know, so anyways, a, back a, that's what I was going to say. I would love if once a year, twice a year, they had a a week picked out where there wasn't a big-time college 1A game and they put a big-time FCS game on ESPN. And next week, you know, say there's not really a big-time game. You know, Clemson doesn't play a big opponent or Alabama or Ohio State or, you know, anybody like that, and you have – ESPN coming to do YSU and South Dakota State. Two teams that can beat FBS teams. It would give both programs and the conference a lot of positive well, publicity. I would I would be thrilled if if that scenario you're talking about,
0: even if it was just ESPN three. Yeah.
1: And they brought
0: well, no, no, let me finish. Let me finish my statement here. And and this and they brought in their own announcers for the game. You know, even if, it, if, if it's Fox yes. from Cleveland again yes. yeah. and, and, and Robert Lee coming in, you know, who did the pick game. You know, uh, that by type way, of scenario. I, I, I wouldn't have very no a problem with Dustin Fox doing one. a game kind of like the playoffs was. That I would make me that. thrilled. I agree and, with that. And I have nothing against – I got nothing against, you know, Jim Campbell. I mean, he's been he's, he's, he's a broadcasting legend in this area. He's been doing it forever. And he's covered YSU, and he's done. You know, I will give him credit for credits due. but that's not put putting the not, Well, I was going to say it's not putting the university's best foot forward. No. on a on a broadcast Rob at home. Schmidt. I think
1: they can Rob do better, Schmidt. And I would Rob hope. Schmidt.
0: I mean, it, ha- it should be Rob Schmidt. You know my opinion. My, my opinion, <laughs> yeah, Rob yeah, Schmidt, yeah, should it. be the voice By of the. Way,
1: of Bob
0: Hanny did a good job. I've said it for years. I've said it for years, and I say it, I'll say it again. In the Valley, and hey, I've done high school (laughs) sports, I've done college games, and I've done a lot of things. He's the best in the valley. You you know, some people think he's a little nonchalant, maybe a little uh, not as enthusiastic as
1: some
0: broadcaster, but my opinion. Uh, if you want one person to be the voice of YSU athletics, it is Rob Schmidt. I agree with um, that. I
1: think –
0: It's uh, bottom line. I just think, you know, not using his talents to to the maximum ability for Youngstown State is a mistake. Yep. And uh, I, wi- I know relationships with the people who have been involved in a broadcast for 30-some years, and I understand that he has connections too, and God bless them all. And I have nothing – Personally, against anybody, I just like to see the best possible broadcast and the best possible foot forward. And you know, you look at any major university; they have one voice for everything for the men's yep. basketball and the football program, ninety mm-hmm. yeah, percent of the time. And I would like to see Youngstown State go in that direction. I and they have that person in Rob Schmidt. I know he has other responsibilities, and he's the head of the uh, broadcast for the for the men's basketball program, and has been for a long time now.
1: I just would like to see,
0: yes, and I would just like to see him extend that opportunity and be the voice of YSU athletics. And, you know, when there's a big women's game, he can do that one too at home. Or, you know, any other scenario in which YSU is putting one of their athletic programs out on uh, the internet or on national television or whatever else, if they had their choice. Now, that's just the way I see it. Doesn't mean the university sees it that way. Doesn't mean others see it that way. But I honestly don't think there's a better choice in the Valley than Rob Schmidt. And, you know, I would love to say, oh, no, they need to hire me, you know. <laughs> but let's let's be realistic here. Let's be realistic. They have the guy in-house. Yep. Yeah, and go. he has been part of the university for 10 years now. And it, not to use him to his maximum abilities and to promote the program properly, uh, and i'm talking about the yeah. athletic program then you need a single voice and to me rob schmidt would make the most sense and yep. it's you know i've, I've said it to That's others ago, really i may have mentioned it here <laughs> on this podcast in the past i don't remember but the truth is you know we need to get rob on i mean i'll have to reach out to him for the yeah. basketball season see if we can get him on and uh you know, I, I really would love to see that happen. I don't want to put them on the spot, but the same thing, I wouldn't mind asking them, has yeah. there ever been a, a desire for the university to have one single voice for its athletic program? Because I think it would be the best step forward for the university. Uh, you know, you have one president at yeah. the university. You have one athletic director. You have one football uh, coach. You have one basketball coach. I know the basketball season, the football season kind of intertwines at times. Uh, I think you can make adjustments to the basketball coverage on a, uh, a Saturday. And if it's going deep into the playoff c- system in November, mm-hmm. I still think it could be done. Yep, It's done at the major co- collegiate levels. Uh, I honestly do believe there's ways around that. And there's enough talent in this Valley to make it happen. If someone needed to cover the men's basketball program and he was not available because he covered a, a playoff game in November. Yep. And I just, my, my humble opinion is it can be done and it needs, it would be just best for the university. Uh, You have one voice as, you know, be nothing better to, to introduce someone as the voice of YSU athletics. Yep. Rob Schmidt, you know what I mean? Yeah. or, And and that's just the bottom line. Instead of saying the voice of YSU football, the voice of men's basketball, the voice of women's basketball. basketball. I mean, I understand why they have different ones from basketball season because they have different schedules Mm -hmm. and they don't play doubleheaders like they did years ago, which is fine. I totally get that. There's no problem with that. And uh, maybe a few games, you know, you you switch it up and give the, uh, an opportunity to cover some of the mad person. So We'll wait and see. Maybe maybe changes will come about here in the next year or two. Who knows? Uh, I have no inside information. I can only tell you as a fan and as an observer of the university uh, athletic department, I've been a proponent of uh, Schmidt being the the voice of YSU for many years, and I'll continue to be that proponent of that one voice for YSU
1: athletics. Yeah, you probably have a better found opinion uh, than me. Obviously, I go to all the home games and uh, most of the playoff or all the home playoff games too. Uh, try to get to a road game a year. And honestly, if we make the championship game, I'll be there again in Frisco. Um, so I like Bob Hannon. I think he does a good job, uh, but I tell you what, when I was at school and on those February nights, when you got nothing to do, and it's below zero in South Bend, Indiana, and you don't want to go out, and YSU basketball is, let's be honest, it's not really exciting. <laughs> yeah. You could turn the game on, and I've done this, and Rob Schmidt's call will be so exciting. You thought YSU is competing for first in the conference. It, it It is that good. Every announcer has a signature call. His is bang, bang. You know when you hear a bang, bang, it's, it's good for our penguins. So, um, listen, I think Rob Schmidt does a tremendous job. Uh, he he's done a good job in the football broadcast going in for Bob. Um, it doesn't matter to me who announces, it, 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 as long as we keep racking up the wins. And if,
0: look, I mean, a so, fan the you know, game cares I, about I agree the, with you, the product on the on the field and the court, the presentation of the game.
1: Is a different story. And, and I it's think fine. why you know, his presentation just, will get better like said, as with the uh, construction of the new uh, Media Center Press Box next year. I think it'll really take off. Yeah, well. I think they're doing I, I a really thought, good job right now. Hopefully that gets built.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to get started last year, but I obviously, thought it was too. They
1: have a timeline
0: for everything, so. I mean, like I said, I, I'm not updated on that, so and hopefully it will be made soon, and I think it will make a big
1: difference in And both the presentation and... What's that? And they could have wanted to start it last year, too, but uh, I mean, I know... The playoffs you, may have changed the story, you know? Yeah, and, and I know you shouldn't think, well, you know, we're probably not going to go deep, but then again, you and I cover the football program and talk about it daily, and mm. In September, or even October, when we were beating Indiana State on a kickoff return, I don't think anybody was thinking, "Man, in two months in late December, we're going to be hosting a a quarterfinal game on national TV." I don't think anybody thought that. So,
0: it, no, I you know, agree with you. It changed,
1: was a- you know, the playoffs could have changed the uh, the timeline, and you know the weather, and you know they didn't want to get started on it, but. When it gets built, I think it'll be absolutely tremendous, and I think YSU's done a really good job of integrating their uh, broadcast interns and students. Uh, They do a really good job. I mean, compared to some programs out there that I've seen, YSU does a really good job, and that's a credit to everybody in the uh, communications department and the athletic department. Um, But yeah, just a Side note, because I really didn't want to get into South Dakota State tonight. I'm. It's only September 19th. we got 11 days, and I'm already anxious for the game. I don't need to get a run through a wall. My mom doesn't want me to run through this penguin right here on the wall.
0: Yeah, so, you know, it should be. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, look, I'm, I'm excited about the penguin season. i think I'm the, excited uh, the two about games, the game as a football game. Exactly. And this is a huge game coming up, yep. so it should be a lot of fun to see exactly how it all uh, works of, out. Uh,
1: Speaking of huge games, uh, the Indians have had a lot of really big games in September when you really don't picture September as being, you know, the casual baseball fan. September is just well, okay, it's that one-month gap to the playoffs. But I thought it was really classy, and I kind of expected it. Just the standing ovation. If you just turned on the standing ovation after the game last week when they lost to Kansas City, didn't know the final score. Sports on Ohio didn't show a score on the bottom ticker. You would have thought D's just won the World Series. It was absolutely incredible to see the amount of love and support on a weekday night for a regular season baseball game. That was pretty cool. It was pretty cool of what T Dota said. And this team deserved to finally clinch at home. After, you know, everything they've been through, injury wise and Suspension wise, Del Monte and guys being down and double A guys coming up and the pressure of the win streak. And last year, never clinching at home. It's pretty cool to see him clinch at home, even if it was a kind of delayed celebration. But it's still, well, you know, that's baseball. baseball in the locker room.
0: That's baseball. Um. Yep. You know, any, you can clinch anywhere. You can clinch on the road. You can clinch in your bedroom, in a sense, like what, what happened for the Indians, you know you know, seven hours after you got done playing a, a baseball yeah. game, but that's just the way it works. It's no big deal. I'm I'm glad they were able to celebrate at home and with the fans. I am and too. I think they went out about it, trying to win that game and where yep. they can then celebrate it the correct way. Uh, and that's, what's unique about baseball. Baseball's so unique than any other sport. And yep. uh, I'll tip my, uh, my cap to, uh, to a road tripping a podcast with uh, RJ and, and Channing. If you listen to, if you love basketball, I've, I mentioned them before and, you know, I'm uh, going to talk about, he, he goes, I'm jealous of baseball. He was telling, he actually had uh, Mike Trout on his podcast a couple of weeks back and he was saying, you know, he was kind of jealous of baseball because they get to celebrate with champagne yep. in the locker room, each step along the way, you know, you win yep. your division it's champagne if it's win the wild card yep you win, yeah no what you know you win in the Every playoffs series. Yep. each step of the way right and he goes in basketball we only do that if we win the championship now we have a water fight he said when we won the division <laughs> and we had a water fight when we moved on and stuff like that but we saved the the champagne for the championship he goes he goes i really he goes i really i'm really jealous that you guys could do that and you know it's that's what's unique about baseball it's always been celebration of the season and what it's meant yep. and uh, I thought the Indians did it well and look that 22 game winning streak uh, will we ever see that again you know no Baseball's so strange I never say never I real realistically believe it can happen again but you know what it is a strange strange game and but I'm the one that you said think we you've have a winning streak in
1: them. you yeah. know what <laughs> like I
0: said when you, when you think you've seen it all something new shows up and that's There's something a- different and that's The way magic baseball, of
1: baseball is. Yeah, that's the magic of baseball. It is the magic. And you know what? I think this weekend might have been, and he can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He probably doesn't know I exist. But Tom Hamilton might have rooted for the Blue Jays for the first time in his life. <laughs> because if you ever listen to an Indians Blue Jays game when he's doing it, I don't think our friends north of the border are getting a Christmas card from him. He just doesn't seem well, too thrilled by him. I think but he thank thinks you that they were you underprepared. I tell you, I'll, I'll be honest. I
0: think Toronto in general, this, uh, I think there was high expectation for him and yep. perform. So, you know, Tom gets a little salty at times. And, you know, he, that's he as, he gets, <laughs> as, he as he gets, as he gets, as he he's aged, his saltiness gets more and more. And, and, it's and, awesome. and you know, it's it is time. what it is. We love it in Cleveland. And, uh, He's, he is a legend in Cleveland broadcasting. We I mean, are so lucky. Started, him. Well, when he started, the Indians completely could barely win 65 games. Yep. And, and uh, he went through the bad times as a broadcaster, learning the, learning the ropes at the major league level. And, uh, you know, he brought excitement to the microphone again. Um, he brings me in the mood or, or the mode of uh, other broadcasters yep. who did the Indians prior that you probably don't know of. Joe or Tate, never had Herb a chance. Yeah, Joe Tate yeah. obviously had a great passion in his younger days, and uh, Neff Chandler though to me was really truly phenomenal. Matter of fact, Anthony, remind me, I have a copy of the Len Barker game that he Okay. Did, and I have to get it to you. Okay, and you'll, you'll understand be, what I'm talking I'll be about. To listen to that. Yeah, because that because that is with Herb Score and Nev Chandler. Nev Chandler, for those who are listening since we got on this little broadcasting <laughs> thing here today. Boy, you uh, we're going to talk sports, but we're going to talk broadcasting <laughs> instead. That's okay. I, it's a passion of both of ours, or at least a passion of mine. Uh, Neff Chandler, to me, uh, was one of the greats on, in, in broadcasting. Uh, Joe Tate, to me, is always going to be the number one guy because of how uh, he did both baseball and, and basketball. And uh, you can see his passion still when you get to see Mount Union games, mm-hmm. and he does those on television. You see, you see that passion of of a guy who loves covering sports at its at its infancy and in its best. And uh, I will say this, Nev Chandler, when he covered the Browns in the in the mid eighties during the the Bernie Kosar years, and the, was truly in the Brian Sype years right before that. It was truly some of the best moments in uh, in Brown's broadcast history. I mean, I, there's that – I have a videotape, an actual VHS tape, where uh, they celebrate the Browns of the 80s, and there's some of his calls in there. It's just so phenomenal and uh, really great. He did the Indians for about three or four seasons prior to getting to the uh, – really the front of the uh, Browns job on the radio, and uh, he was just uh, – so much fun, so much fun to listen to, so much energy, and uh, truly one of the greats. Matter of fact, Matt uh, Underwood talks about him a lot. I think he actually interned for him when he was the... Uh, uh, Radio, right? TV, channel five, I think Channel 5 uh, okay. uh, sports director at the time. And I could be wrong, but I think he did. Um, I'd have to look that up, but I believe there's a connection there. And... Anyways, Nev Chandler to me was just one of the best in, in Northeast Ohio broadcast history obviously uh, uh, no, no longer with us and uh, but that's why I have to get you that that cassette that I have yeah. or actually recording that I have of uh, of that game because you'll you'll just be you you'll you'll love it if you love Tom Hamilton you'll love yep. Nev Chandler and it's just simple as that and uh, you yeah. know and then that's I guess you know, myself, as a, you know, who does high school and did some small college games in that in the past, uh, and I think that's where the the fanship begins, because uh, if you listen, you know, when, uh, obviously, I'm like, you know, I'm 50, and you're 26, you know, there's a big age difference, and mm-hmm. but when I was young, there weren't a lot of television games, so the radio was your outlet to follow yep. the Indians, so... You know the voice of the Indians—if it was Nev Chandler or Joe Tate or, or Herb Score—and you know all the way up to uh, Tom Hamilton. Those were important people because they every day told you what was going on about the game that you loved and the team that you loved. And same on a Sunday afternoon, if you were working, you couldn't have a TV on. You know, in, in in the hallway somewhere, you know, you had a you had the a, you had a radio a stereo on and you were listening to the game because you are working 12 to 5 at some job, you know, on a mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon. And, that, and that's just how it was done. And same with uh, Ohio State, you know, so on the radio. So I think that's where the passion begins. And I know, you know, broadcasting has changed where it's now on television 24-7 and all games are televised. Even all YSU games are yep. televised now. And, you know, or at least you're going to say uh, on the Internet, you know, on ESPN3 yep. and stuff like that. So the, you know, maybe the radio broadcast has lost its luster. Uh it's still the greatest type of broadcasting because those who do it correctly describe the action yep. of what's going on versus just letting the the pictures tell the story. And mm-hmm. that's the key, you know, information is important. And the the broadcasters that I have always loved to listen to uh gave great information. And Tom Hamilton gives great information. And, uh, you know, Lanny Fritteri back in the day for the The Pirates Pirates, gave great information. Others. I mean, I can name a lot of broadcasters just doing a great job over the years. And there are a few who don't understand that. And today, especially in radio, the biggest problem we have, and even Joe Tate mentioned this many times in interviews, is you have people who do television on radio. And... No one can see the picture. No one knows what's going Mm -hmm. on, unless you don't tell them. If you don't say it's second down and five ball at the 46-yard line, the ball's at. (laughs) And they don't know the down and the distance. And if it's 525 left in the second quarter, they don't know that neither unless you tell them. These are the small things. Well, it's it's true, though, Anthony. (laughs) And I mean, it's basic broadcasting skills, but a lot of – today's broadcasters don't have that skill because they do an excellent broadcast of television on radio.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You can't do that. Even Mike and Mike show, which started out as a radio show. Yep has migrated to television. television. It's become yep. a television show on radio yes, now, which is fine, which is fine. That's what, you know, it's brought in great ratings. It's done a great job. It made stars out of both of them. And then not that they weren't big before, but they're huge now because of television and a simulcast. And they still have uh, radio influences, but they're, it's more of a television show on radio now than it ever was a radio show. When it became... When they first, came, it was definitely a radio show simulcast on television. Mm-hmm. Alice, the it has transformed into a terrific. television yep. show on radio, which is fine because they can do it because they're talking about the games and you have two terrific guys. One, you know, who played yep. the game and is, is passionate about sports, and the other who is a true professional broadcaster. You know, and he, I know his days yep. are numbered as he's mm-hmm. going to move on to new things. But I think in broadcasting, that's you know that's the key is uh, is be able to communicate with your with your listeners and try to, um, you know, make a connection. And, uh, you know, that's a little insight. Yep. About from my vantage point and uh, in, in sports, you know, we can talk. I mean, like I said, we never script this, Anthony, as you and I both know. I hate no, scripting. No, we don't. I, no,
1: we don't. I don't. There's no and point. I,
0: we, we never know where it's going to go. And that's okay. No. Because I think, <laughs> no, we I don't. think it gives our listeners an inside view of uh, uh, like like I said, you know, I have maybe the broadcasting background, but you're the fan, and mm-hmm. I love that because you're passionate about all your the teams that you follow. If it's the Indians, the Broncos, the Penguins, you know, whatever the case may be, you you're you're passionate yep. about it, and, yes, I, exactly. and I love that passion. And I, and I and it's not that I don't have it; I just have a different type of yep. passion now over the last 25 years because I've been on this side of a microphone, and I see things differently. Than I did when I was a fan, and not that I'm not a fan of the game today or don't care or not passionate about uh, winning and losing, because I am. I just express it differently today than I did maybe 25, 30 years ago. And there are days difference.
1: There are days and times where I wish I was the same way, because it's just frustrating as all get up. But then there are times where it's so great to be a fan. Um, And speaking of, there's nothing better. Go ahead.
0: This. There was nothing better when uh back in the, uh, in the nineties, when I was uh, covering it for different radio stations as a reporter, I would go up to the press box pre pregame and get some notes and stuff mm-hmm. that was going on. And then about like 10 minutes before the game, I had friends who were going to the YSU game. They were sitting down in the stands and I, and I had tickets with that yeah. because you know, they would buy tickets. And I, I look at everyone. I says, all right, I'll see you. I'll see you in post game. Where are you going? I says, yeah, I know. I says, my friends are down there. I'm going to go cheer. Yep. You know, and, and, then, and you know what? That, you still have that passion once in yes, a while. Yes, you do. And, 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 and there's nothing surprised. wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And nope. you know, if you're covering a single team, if it's uh, whoever it is, and they say, exa- "Oh, you're a homer." Of course, you are. Yeah. You, you work for that team. That's your job. I don't. Ex- I think you can be unbiased and still root for that team. Okay, I agree with that. And, and present your. That. Your view. I think Rick Manning does a great job at that. I, I think Rick Manning, Manning. You know, Rick. Rick Manning. You know, you're going to get an honest answer out of him if they're mm-hmm. in, if they're safe or they're out or if they made a mistake yep. or if there's an error or where he thinks they can improve. Yep. Those are honest answers, and I and that that I I really truly appreciate as a fan that watches the game, and then as a broadcaster, I really appreciate it even more. And you know, and I think that's what local level. I think that's what Matt brings to my broadcast on Friday yeah. nights that I haven't had in the past. And then it's not not a jab at anybody I've worked with in the past because they were good at what they did. What Matt does is bring a true uh, vision of what a player went goes through on a, each Friday night or a Saturday afternoon during a football game. And I think that's what's great about Matt Ench and what he brings to my our 104 broadcast. And you know, if you want a glimpse of that, chance to tune in on a Friday night from the broadcast,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, let me point you to our our, our podcast uh, our, that we have. It's called the uh, High School Football Scoreboard Show. It's about 10, 12 minutes each week. And it's me just going through highlights of the of the uh, games, maybe giving you information about who the top players were in each game, and then at the end of the broadcast, if it's available, in two out of the uh, the four weeks it ha- has been. Is we uh, will highlight uh, some of the plays from the game that Matt and I did, and it is a uh, it really gives you a little insight about Matt and uh, and what he brings to a broadcast. And matter of fact, you know, not to get too too uh, involved here, but Matt's going to get more involved in in the podcasting here, and it's going to be a lot of fun. He's not available tonight, and uh, Matt and I are going to try to do some other things along the way that uh, focus on his skill set of, of football, and it should be a lot of fun. So I just want to let our listeners know that you're going to, you know, I promised you a lot of football coverage, and we're getting it to you. Uh, we may have got a little off track here yeah. for, a, for a little bit about uh, covering a game, but that's all right.
1: Speaking Time of is, uh, football, well, let's talk there. about – Yeah, speaking of football, I had a very enjoyable Sunday afternoon. I don't know if you did, but – I thoroughly enjoyed my Sunday afternoon. I tell you what,
0: Trevor Simeon is looking good. And Didn't he's going to get in my starting on lineup pod- on my
1: fantasy football team this week. Didn't I tell you on my <laughs> uh, on this podcast a couple months so, ago do, that Am I going to good- change something?
0: Am I going to change some? Don't say going to put Tim, him on my don't, – Don't
1: you dare. Huh. Don't you know, be he's better. on my fantasy right now, football right now, team. and, and I'm, no, I'm thinking right about putting him point. in the starting lineup. Tim, <laughs> I swear to God, right now my boy is rolling – I said on this he podcast is. a couple of months ago, Trevor Simeon is a really good quarterback. He is. He I agree. Year he, has last the talent. Year. he has the talent to show, and I think his talent will Last year he had a good grow. year. He wasn't healthy outside of maybe three or four games. He didn't have CJ Anderson, which is who's playing at a really high level right now. Um, and he finally has an offensive system that fits what he can do best. And uh it's getting out quickly and getting into our playmakers and letting them make plays. That's all you got to do. And that's what you got to do as a quarterback no, as right.
0: Exactly. um
1: you gotta you gotta play within your skill set. Yep. And he
0: does that. And yep, he's he grown does. as a passer and he's learning better to read defenses. And so that comes with experience. Yep. And that's exactly where the Browns lack is experience. I mean, you have a rookie quarterback in Kaiser, and you know, he threw three picks and he turned over the ball. He still has two major problems. Yep. He did that. One, he on receivers. He did that at Notre Dame. Yeah. Well, you know, what? I understand that, and I'm saying this is where his skill set. Mm-hmm. He has the arm. Oh yeah. He has the size. He has the brain. He has the ability too, yeah. to make the throw. Yes. You know, all those. I mean, these qualities. I don't deny he has better than any quarterback the Browns have had since Tim Couch. Yeah. And, um. And. Maybe Kelly maybe Holcomb Anderson for one for a year. Bit. Kelly Holcomb was very good because he had the experience. And yep. Kelly Holcomb didn't have the arm strength of a, a Tim Couch, but it was strong enough to get the job done. And and I have no problem with what Holcomb did during yep. his brief uh tenure. Hey, he made the playoff for you guys. Yeah, no, he did. He him, it was a two quarterback system that year because both of them played. And uh, Couch got hurt late in the season and he took over again. So, you know, it's one of those things. It, it is what it was. And, you know, that was so long ago. It really doesn't matter. No. But talking about Kaiser, talk, let's get back to Kaiser for a second. Yeah. This, this is my observation of him. Uh, he hangs onto the ball too long. He, yep. yep. And he does not always make the best throw. You know, and the perfect example he tries of that is the game. Play. Well, no, the perfect example of that is at the end of the ball game where they did drive the ball down the field and they got inside the 20 and they got in the red zone and he went back to pass it through his last interception. That was one of the worst passes I've seen in years. He <laughs> utterly, utterly. I mean, if he throws it to the shoulder of his receiver, it, it, it's a touchdown. If he throws it to the outside re- shoulder of the receiver. It's a guaranteed touchdown. Instead, it was a curveball and went right to the defensive yep. back. And I mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, it was not a strike. You know, and that's that's the thing. Is he a strike thrower when he makes his throws? And right now, the answer is no. He uh, does not mean he can't throw strikes and he can't throw passes. And that's what I'm talking about when I say strikes. I mean yep. baseball. Yeah, I know. I and you, I, you, I yeah. know for the for those listening. Yep. But the truth of the matter is, I think he can be a quality quarterback in this league but we're also seeing the growing pains of a rookie. And unfortunately, we're also seeing a team that does not have a quarterback that's ever won a game in the NFL right now.
1: I think we're also, and seeing, that's the problem. Um, that's a problem
0: I have with the Cleveland Browns. And I, and I mentioned that going into preseason. You did. There's somebody out there that and should be playing right now. Well, absolutely. He should be, but I mean, take away all yep. the, the propaganda that goes with yep. that. The bottom line is, and and in a league that is designed to win or lose, meaning win now games are going to be close, no matter what. Most games are going to be close, and you're going to have an opportunity to win. Games are made by maybe a handful of plays, offensively and defensively, each week. If a inexperienced quarterback has never won in this league, and you're going to try to get him there. It's difficult to win, and it's difficult to find now. Like I mentioned before, and this is one of the reasons why I was so against the start, start of the season, is you look at the first four games, you have the Browns playing the Steelers. You have the Browns playing Baltimore. Yep. This week they're in Indianapolis, but luck is not there, and they're actually a favorite on the road. For the are first they time really? In like, yeah, for the first time in 100 years. And then, you know, you have uh, Cincinnati, I think, on the road the following week. Now, oh boy, are they the bad. next two games are, are actually winnable. Yeah, they could be killing too. The question is, do you have a quarterback that can get you into the end zone and score enough points for the defense then can get the job done? And I'm not sure at this stage of the game, he has the experience to do that. You don't have the running game to supplement it with. If you had a a running game that was averaging 95, 100 yards a game, then I would say, yeah, because you can take the pressure off of him and you can run the ball. but. You know, Correll has not been, and, and they been are getting less than chances. disappointing. Yeah, 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 he is, and yeah. less less yeah. than disappointing. I mean, and then you know, Duke Johnson. in my opinion, I played him last week, and they're going to have to think about using him more, especially now that they've lost. You know, uh, the wide receiver, and you know, oh, it's going to yeah. be it's going to be a bat. Yeah, Coleman, Corey Coleman, and it's going to be a difficult scenario for them. Uh, I think obviously this is an opening for Sammy Coates, which yep. will be good for the Browns. Get him on the field and see what he can do. Yep. And uh, I think that's an opportunity for him. I think Higgins is going to take and be the guy to really watch for, you know, uh, in the offensive passing game. But uh, really, I think for the Browns is that they can find any remnants of a running game, take some yeah, pressure off win. this quarterback, take pressure you can't off this run the quarterback. Ball, you can't win. Make him make less throws. If he can make yep. only 25 to 30 throws a game, I think they have a chance. If yep. he's making over 30 throws a game, you're I don't done. think the Browns have a chance. And here's the thing you got to keep in mind. and In the NFL, we count – you know, I always say you count your losses, not your wins because you can't make up losses yes. in any sports. You know, yeah, I've always – I've been court, a big proponent of yeah. yeah,
1: I've been yeah, a well, big proponent year, about you count your losses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't do a,
0: that. Play. Hey, hey look, look. Look at this. Look at it this way. In the last 19 games, the Browns are one and eighteen. Oh, that tells God. you everything. And that's under a new coach. And I as much as I like Jackson and much as I don't want any changes to happen, I want to continue this progress. It's difficult. Oh, yep. Yeah. It's difficult when you don't win golf ball games to make Eight. an argument to keep the coach. I'm not suggesting to change them, but I know how the NFL works. And I just, know how owners believe that certain things should have happened that didn't, and you're always going to have opportunities to win get ball games, and you have to take advantage of those opportunities. And this week in Indianapolis is a grand opportunity for the Browns to get on the scoreboard yep. with the win and keep their losses at two and not climb. And that's going to be the yep. most important thing I want to see the Browns do this weekend.
1: If John Fox can get can after winning a division every year and going to the Super Bowl once and losing in the division round twice or three times, and yeah, it's it's a win now for me league. Um, I just think the Browns have got to stick to the running game in it. And I don't know their offensive system, I don't watch them enough to know, but it seems to me whenever they get down and they can just feel the turn of momentum swing to the opponent they start throwing it. And that's the Browns don't have receivers to do that. They don't have a quarterback to do that. And you've got to stick with the run game as much as it's not working. I'll say this. You've got to show your you opponent, can't to play from behind. Ball. No,
0: you can't. Well, you can't, you can't play from behind. You know, you go back to the Steelers game. They were down seven, nothing because of the block punt right away. Yep, They were able to tie that game up and it changed yep. the atmosphere. Yes. Yes, it did. And, you know, yes. Pittsburgh took advantage and got the big penalty on the, on the, on the, uh, on the bomb mm-hmm. type scenario, and that's just good football because yep. in the NFL, if you don't throw deep four or five times a game, you're a mm-hmm. fool. Yep. Or if your players are inbound and they're running deep and they get behind the defense, that they're going to put a hand on you and you're going to pick up 35, 40 yards on that play, even when it's incomplete because of the way the rules state and the way the flags fly for interference. Yep. And you got to take advantage of that. if you know You have to be exploitive as an offense and yep. – the best way to be exploited in the NFL is to throw deep. And your most successful teams will throw deep a minimum of five five times. And the really good teams, you'll do it almost every possession. Because yep. they know, because of the way the rules are stated in the NFL against defenses, uh, they'll pick up those yards. Yep. You're going to pick up the, sh- the short interference plays where the guy gets there too soon. Yeah, but You want the guy who knocks down the hand, puts the hand on his shoulder or the back of a player, the phantom call that happens also often on deep throws. Yeah, and that's- that really should never happen, but they do oh, in the NFL. Yeah. And you have to be exploitive and take advantage of that to get field position. And that's one thing the Browns could not do last year because they didn't have the quarterback to go deep with. Can't be playing on half a field. You have to take. You have to take advantage and exploit defenses in their weaknesses. And every team's weakness is the fl- penalty flag. On um, pass interference, so you have to take advantage of that. Yep. And I think the Browns need well, to be also- more aggressive on that level, and they have to be able to run the ball. If they can't run the ball against Indianapolis, they're going to have trouble. Yeah, yep. they're going to have trouble the rest of the year.
1: And well, here's the good news of the Browns.
0: That's 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 it's it's a necess- it's 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 not a, just a necessary
1: evil. It needs to happen. Well, here's the good news of the Browns. You're on the road and you're playing a team that. I mean, I've never thought very highly of, even with Andrew Luck in there, I don't think the Colts are very impressive. But the good thing for Deshaun Kaiser, he's not facing the no-fly zone this week because he'd get eaten alive by them. <laughs> because well, you my know, boys right now are locking down anybody and anything in their sight. But, yeah, it's we don't have a run game at any level of football, and you and I have seen it this year in the high school games we've done We've seen it in the college games we watch, and we see in the pros. If you can't run the ball, you're going to have a very tough time winning. You may sneak out a win here or there, but winning consistently, you won't do it. You you cannot and will not do it if you cannot run the football. You Denver need- saw it last year. YSU have seen it. Notre Dame saw it last year. If you can't run the ball, keep the ball away from the opponent, get first downs, and set up second and third and short, you're not going to win any level of football. Period. No, you're not. You have no, to run the ball. Period. And look,
0: this is this, this is a litmus game for the Browns. It's going to yeah. tell – I hate to say it. it it's is gut gonna, check time. It's going to be – it is gut check time yep. because, you know, you want to – if you have any desires to win more than one game this year. And, I mean, honestly, I mean – uh, I agree with the that. Browns, the Browns need to be able to prove to the league that they can win more than one game. Yep. And how do you do that is – you beat teams that you are capable of winning against. Uh, the Steelers game was actually a winnable a game, winnable opportunity, but you had a rookie quarterback and it was just, yep. I, uh, chances were so slim. I mean, it was like one in 100, in my opinion, that you yeah. win a game like that. And, and they, they played well and they had opportunities and they showed some, some spunk. Uh, but I think, and now, now you had a week of, and a team able to dissect a young quarterback and have to, Defend him, and you've seen Baltimore do that this week. Now it's up to Coach Jackson and his coaching staff to come up with a plan to counteract that and to make his quarterback as successful as possible. Migraine or no migraine, you can't throw three interceptions or turn over the ball on a fumble. And your backup quarterback, even though he threw a touchdown pass and got you a a drive for a field goal later in the game, he threw a, an interception and the ends up. You just can't turn the ball over five times and expect to win in the NFL or have an opportunity to win a game in yep. the NFL. So I know a certain player that had a matter. migraine. Go ahead. I was going to say, obviously turnovers matter. Oh, and uh, if you want a stat to watch, always watch the turnover. Always watch the turnovers. Uh, the team with the most turnovers, I would say 95% of the time loses. Yeah, I don't care what level of football you're looking yep. at. And we see that and, this year firsthand. You know, uh, Chris Trussell used to Ugh. truly, truly, truly preach to every team. And you know, wait till we have Matt back on; he'll tell you about it. Yep. About turnovers and winning the turnover margin—it's huge. It does yes, matter. It, it does give your team an opportunity to win ball games. Yep. Anytime you have a short field or prevent a team from scoring, that's huge. Yep. And that's you know, I don't care. And a backbreaker, or when you do it on special teams. You can get a punt return, a kickoff return, a block a kick, block a field goal. Those are huge momentum mm-hmm. changers in a football game. And you know, I don't know. You can't predict those things, but you have to be uh, prepared to be successful at those to have opportunities. I mean, if you look at the Monday night game, I don't know if you watched it, but when uh, Detroit not, re- returned that, work. Re- Detroit yeah. returned that kick, the punt back for a, a touchdown. And you knew the game was over. You knew. Detroit was in complete control of that ball game from that point on. Not that they were going to go on to win, but I think that play broke the the camel's back, you know, the straw that broke the back.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, you could see that in our game too. Uh, I missed our game against Dallas. uh, but I tracked most of it as my Wi-Fi data bill showed yesterday. Uh, Mom's not very happy about that. By the way, Mom, I will not be going over that. Um, But we were up 21 to 10, I believe. And I know it's gotten a lot of hype on this for Elliott's effort. I'm not going to talk on that. But 21-10, Dallas had the ball, and Chris Harris stepped in front and picked it off. And we scored a play later, making an 18-point game right there and then. 11-point lead – or 11-point deficit in mile high with that defense. That's really tough, but it's not impossible. Down 18 it's good night with Von Miller coming off the edge and that's secondary. So the change in momentum plays, the 50, 50 balls. I like to call them the special teams, the turnovers. Um, and, you know, but you got to score off turnovers too. And oh, even
0: you don't have to it, it, score it off up.
1: every turnover, but you have got to flip field position, flip it. If you get the ball and I'll bring up an example, um two years ago we were in super bowl against carolina tj ward picks off cam newton at the carolina or the denver 10. they were driving and he got up fell down again got up the ball was knocked away we got it back at around like five yard line we we didn't score but we drove down to about the 40 and put and backed them up it's a lot easier to let your opponent go 50 yards, 55 yards. If you do that in the NFL, you're getting up a touchdown. I mean, if you do that, no matter with with who you got on defense, I don't care if you have Mike Singletary, Jack Tatum, Paul Warfield, you know, anybody on defense. You can put anybody on defense. If you give them a 55-yard field, they're going to score. It's a lot easier to drive on 55 yards than 80 yards. And it gives you some momentum. And I don't know. Do the Browns take the ball when they win the toss, or do they always defer? I know.
0: Uh, you, I think it depends on the scenario uh, and what they need to do, what they're trying to do. Because, uh, I think most teams will defer nowadays, but I really, what, I think it all depends on you know what it all depends on what your situation going in. Yeah, what you want to do. What? Yeah. What part of the game you believe is your strongest? You think you can punch a guy in the in the face right away? You go on offense. The same thing with defense. If you want to establish a. Yeah. Uh, well, here we're you know a way of the, the game. game. That's you know a three and out type scenario. I mean, it's it all depends. I think most teams today would rather Take defer the yeah. second off. You know, and I was always in that mindset too. You know what? I, here's another thing about football, in general speaking terms. There's a rule change I would love. Get rid of the the, the coin toss. What a pain in the <laughs> what I a pain point. in the. Ass. It is. It's so not necessary. It's so ridiculous to do it that okay, way. Okay, so what would you do then? The
1: home team kicks off. Okay. Simple as that. Home team kicks off to start the ballgame. Well, well, you wouldn't make Vance Joseph happy because – And then if the you, you go, go to overtime, now with
0: overtime okay. rules and everything – you have a coin toss? Uh, you would probably have to have a coin toss. But even there, I would even – it wouldn't bother me one bit. You know, I mean, if you're going to use it, then you can use it there. I've always been, you know, it's kind of like a hockey thing. Home yep. team gets uh, ice advantage, yep. you know, on face off and stuff like that. I have, I have no problem with that coming to football. I just think the the coin toss is ceremonial and it's it's oh, just a yeah. waste of time. Well, hey, I, and I mean, who really cares? I mean, other than let's be honest, other than the Super Bowl where you get to I don't even watch that. To uh, bet on it. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, unless you're yeah. going to bet on that. I mean, let's face it. All all the all the prop bets or tails, you know, your best opportunity to win a prop bet. You got a 50-50 shot, yeah. there You we know, go. and it doesn't change, you know? And you know, or will it be heads or tails, that type of thing? Well, I, I have to I understand it, but in general terms, I could I, if it'll never happen. It'll never ever ever happen, but in my opinion, just get rid of it. It's, it's, you know, if we're going to get rid of other things in sports, we can do away with the coin toss. And, uh, I mean, it's just not necessary. I mean, for goodness sake, in high school basketball and college basketball, we don't even have a, uh, you know, a, a tip-up uh, anymore.
1: Don't even it's get me anymore. started on that garbage. Don't even get me started on the role changes that have been made in college basketball that are pointless. But the role changes that need to be made we could have a whole episode on that. Come, you know why you know, you know why they don't do that no more? Because the officials can't throw the ball up straight. Oh yeah,
0: I and mean, that's ridiculous. It's the truth. I, it's I know it's truth.
1: ridiculous, Tim.
0: I agree. I'm just I'm stating the obvious.
1: I'm just stating the obvious. Hey, uh, it's, it's, I don't want to can't off make topic the talk. Quick, but I just got at a least, at of least the NBA they still have that. I don't want to get off topic. But I am going to. I just got a couple of texts right now on the air. We have two new listeners joining us tonight. All right, that have, that have uh, one said that uh, she has gone back and listened to some old episodes. I'd uh, agree for tonight. Thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate that. And another one has said that uh, she's going to start listening from now on. So all right. Now I have
0: one request for both of them. Yes, iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. As and I've you said could this before, win. here's the thing. And you can win tickets to the shoe game. We need you there. And more, that, and more, and more importantly for us, besides the you game, is we're both proponents for it. But <laughs> the, the what it does is as more people rate and review our podcast, the more people will be easier to find it yep. on iTunes. That's how it works on iTunes. Yep. The higher the ratings and the more reviews you get, it easier is when people search, they'll find us. So hopefully it'll give us a chance to grow this podcast and get it you know, next level as uh, we continue to grow, as we talked about last week. And I think we're going to continue to get better and more downloads as we get into this football season here. Uh, not just the NFL, but, but high school football. You, I'm looking forward to this week's game and we should have a lot of fun. Are you yeah, going to be available this week?
1: I forgot to ask. I am not, but. Here's the good news. I am available the the next two Fridays after this. So while I'll miss, I will be missing Helen Hubbard. Or yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I'll be at LeBray, and of course I will be at Mullenkop. I had to, I had to take that night off, Tim, because I told you in July when I got this schedule. Listen, it's nice to go all these stadiums, and it's nice to see these different teams. And some really good teams we've seen, and a lot of really good athletes that nobody in our area knows. But I can't wait, and I know I'm going to make a lot of Boardman listeners mad when I say this. <laughs> I don't care if Boardman wins 62 to 7 or if Harding wins 9 to 7. I just want to hear one time. Touchdown down Raiders. One time. Come on, Harding. Give it to me one time. Yeah, he, he's the best in By the, the way, area. No doubt I about, don't have any. I've been a fan of that for many years.
0: It's one of the great tra- yes. It's one of the great traditions of Northeast Ohio high school football. It's one of the great traditions in Warren. As the welcoming of the Raiders here, comes yep. your Raiders into yep. the stadium, and uh, I agree. Hey. It's, it's one of the. Hey, I I, I grew up in Bourbon. Went the school in Bourbon. I I am going to have, me have a rooting not,
1: interest here, though. I,
0: I'll have I'll have no rooting interest because I'm on the broadcast. I will, but I will. Uh, I, I will enjoy that moment too because it is one of my favorite moments. And when I worked in Warren, you know, back in the '90s, uh, a couple different times, well, he is and, tremendous. He just gives it covering, covering, uh, basketball and Warren Harding, uh, uh yep. football over the years it was a lot of fun. And I made a lot, I made a lot of great acquaintances and friends over there. And, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to go back to Mullenkoff here in a, in a few weeks. Uh, cause we, uh, we got there earlier for a yes,
1: uh, Warren Kennedy a tremendous game. This game. Oh,
0: what a great game went to overtime and everything. And, uh, uh, that might be it was, The year. first two games this year were phenomenal. The last two, unfortunately, were not as uh, competitive as we hoped. No, we saw but a lot more of good performances, yet, though, We've though. seen a lot of good individual performances. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, uh, as advertised, Dre Rustin uh, was phenomenal.
1: i tell you what, effort. if
0: you get a chance to see Liberty this year, <laughs> if you get a chance to see Liberty this year, please go see him. Because he's only 5'9", maybe 165 as a quarterback athlete worth watching uh he scored three touchdowns on the ground he threw for another touchdown and one of his touchdowns was a 94 yard run and uh if you want to get more into that listen to listen to our uh high school football scoreboard show and there's some highlights of that game there and it's really is kind of a, a Dre rushton uh uh highlight show, so if you have a chance to listen to that, I, I recommend it highly because I will uh, say this. really, really is uh, everything you expect. I don't <laughs> have rooting. I, I want to get on,
1: what I, I don't have go, rooting interest. Yeah, go ahead. But um, I'm looking at the schedule, and I kind of hope Gerard is 9 no going to October 27th because a ninety 0 Gerard team going for history with Mr. Russian coming to house. That's going to be fun, and you and I are going to have that game
0: with Matt. Yeah, it's um, going to be a good game.
1: Another shot I, another shot I want to
0: before on, give. I on, right? I to, wait, but before you get on, let yep. me uh, exclude another player locally who's had a great last few weeks that, that we don't have on the schedule that may come onto the schedule because we may flex a few games later in the season depending on uh, matchups and opportunity. But uh, DeCasa Batiste for uh, Mineral rich. Young player. I mean, I have not seen him live, but I've uh, read what he's done. And he uh, scored five touchdowns last weekend and uh, on uh, last Friday night and the weekend before he did really well. So here's a kid who uh, is really uh, uh, the, the lead for uh, the Rams mm-hmm. for Mineral Ridge. And I really think uh, Mineral Ridge is off to a, uh, a terrific start and yep. uh, will have a, uh, a really fun season this year. And I think the Rams are going to be a team to watch in uh, Trumbull County this year. So I just want to uh, throw a little bone their way and say uh, congrats on, on their big wins this, this season and continue it on and, and hopefully our cross here soon in the future.
1: I also want to give a shout out, uh, and I'm going to do this because we don't get them on the schedule in our regular season, uh, hoping for the playoffs. But a shout out to the Canfield Cardinals, who are state ranked this year, not just in their region, but they're state ranked, I want to say seventh now. And a shout out to my cousin, Jack Planny, who's the assistant offensive line coach there. Uh steamrolling wrong teams right now. Uh, they're bludgeoning teams. Virenza,
0: baby. Virenza is my fan. I love him. <laughs> and right is, now, I tell you what, a he has players of the year. Players. Yep. Talking about exciting players in the Valley. He's one of them. And if, yeah, if you have a chance to go see Canfield, uh, watch Vinny uh, Fiorenza. I think he is, unbelievable numbers I think one week he rushed for 355 yards yes, he did. and uh, uh last week yeah not a big numbers game I no, think he only ran for like, uh, 75 and yeah, they held him he back threw for either. about 90
1: yeah I, uh, also, I, yeah I but he had, had a touchdown so
0: yeah he the did bottom, doesn't matter if they held him back or whatever the case may be I still think he is one of the more exciting players to watch this uh, high school football season and uh, is another you know, we, uh, young man that I, I hope to, we have the opportunity to watch
1: play. Here's what we should do, and I'm not, you know, but each week outside the player of the game that we give for our game, we broadcast, I think we should pick a player or a team that's not on our broadcast schedule that, that impressed us the most.
0: Uh, no, No problem here. Matter of fact, I think – the more we uh, get into this high school football season, and because, we're, you know, I a it, we're halfway really through. good stories this year. Yeah. This is the fastest 10 weeks of the season. Oh, it is. Yep. I don't care yep. who you are, where you are. You'll remember the first game and then all of a sudden we'll be in week nine or 10. You're like, where did the season go? Yep. It happens every year. Yes, it does. And I don't care. You know, I've had, I've covered teams that barely won two or three games this season. I've had teams that have gone undefeated that I've covered. Uh, the season just flies by. These 10 weeks are the fastest 10 weeks of the year, uh, and they're mo- some of the most exciting games. But, yeah, to, to talk about a uh, a school and yeah. some of the players on that and what they did each week, I think absolutely. And we kind of did that here tonight, saluting yep. uh, both Mineral Ridge and Canfield, and to go along with what uh, Liberty did last weekend and the previous weeks when we talked about LeBray and, 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 of course, uh, uh, and
1: other – you know other schools that we've had so it's it's, it's been another a, it's year has been a lot of fun it's another year and dan Yagley is winning again and he just doesn't win it's and, and we'll get to this later on but it's just every year it's high level winning it's not 6 and 4 or 7 and 3 it's 8 and 2 9 and 1 10 and 0 and i don't care who you're playing it's absolutely if you incredible. Have a program
0: if you have a program that like south range does you're gonna win a lot of games yep there are gonna be seasons where you only win five or six or maybe even four but the majority of them if you look over his career are going to be like you said seven eight nine ten win seasons or more uh, counting the playoffs and that's not uncommon uh, the you know we talked about it with Matt you know and he played for uh, Ursula, Ursula and, Dick, you know, angle. You know, Dick angle I mean you look at his career his teams were always winning seven, eight, yep. nine games. And, you know, throughout his career, both at, you know, Ursland and over at wow, Yep. and, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. So yep. it's just a matter of, you know, if you have the program in place and you have the consistency of a coaching staff that most mm-hmm. of these schools that do win uh, and you promote players within, you have your junior varsity running the same similar program for their level and, maybe even have a peewee system and they're running similar styles of what you're teaching. If you put a program in place in communities and some communities do this very well, then you're going to have an opera You're going to have a feeder system. So when they do get to the high school level and they do learn more about the game and you get a little bit more sophisticated into the game, they're ready for it. have a community that has their high school team running a different philosophy or playing a different type of ball game than the junior varsity or maybe the seventh eighth grade level and maybe the community that's when you have trouble winning consistently because then you just need great ball players who can adapt to a system every year you need a feeder system i don't care if it's in basketball or if it's in football or if it's in baseball and you have to have a philosophy and have that taught throughout the thing now obviously you know Fifth and sixth graders are not going to run the same yeah. offense as the as, but they're going to run something similar. similar yep. And, and same blocking style and the mm-hmm. same and as they grow into the system as they move up in ranks, as they go to seventh, eighth grade level, as they become freshmen, their sophomores, and playing on a junior university team. These, This is what happens. That's how you build a successful program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not rocket science. And those who allow, those communities that allow that to happen, and to have consistency in their program. Meaning, the head coach at the at the high school level is there. Maybe the head coach at the junior varsity has always been there, and a head coach at the the middle school level, and or if they do change, it's not a drastic change. These things really matter in a program. It's when you have consistent change, kind of like the Cleveland Browns have had. is when you have chaos. No, yep. I'm serious. Yep, you can have chaos. Look, the Indians were chaos in my young days. And they would every 3 years go through managers left and right, sometimes faster. And you just can't do that. And you go through GMs and stuff like this. You can go through all the philosophies you want until you settle on what you want to be and how you want to run your program or your or your or your professional team. It doesn't matter. And and that's what I think, you know, what you're saying and a back, you know, on a, a, deeper level is, is Yegley has a program that has been successful. The South range has earned it. Yep. it to be good. And, and I, you know, I know uh, a couple of people who live out there who uh, their sons play on the team. And I look forward to hopefully having a game of theirs, you know, in the playoffs, if it happens, or maybe during the regular season, if we make a change, but uh, it can happen. And I think it will be a, uh, an opportunity, you know, for all these schools. Look, I wish I could do a game uh, every Friday and Saturday. Yep, it's just not reality. Uh, it just costs too much money to to broadcast yes, that does. type of games and uh, to make that much of a commitment. Uh, years ago, it was a little easier because of situations mm-hmm. I don't really get into here on this podcast. That's just that those days yep. are gone, and they're gone for a long, long time until schools and yep. and conferences recognizes that that coverage if they wanted it. You know, times have changed. Yes, they have, and uh, we'll we'll see where it goes from here. And I'm, you know, that's a totally different story for a totally different podcast in the future. So we'll get into that another day, Anthony. Uh, let's wrap this one up. Yep. Uh, what, you, what's some thoughts coming into this weekend's uh, action? Obviously, Indians are about to go first pitch here in about ten minutes yeah, against the Angels, and then we also have, uh, of course, the Buckeyes. The Penguins got the weekend off. And, uh, of course, the NFL is just a few days away.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to believe that the Indians have to go 7-5 and five to win 100 games. It's, it, it's mind-boggling that that's all you got to go. Hey, guys, play yeah. just above mediocre baseball, and you can win 100 games. Uh, you know, we're excited about that. Get guys south and get guys geared up, and uh, let's go finish the job. Uh, there's only one thing left to do, as, uh Jake Taylor said in the movie Major League, that's when the whole damn thing. Uh, exactly it. You know, it's...
0: Uh, One step at a time. you won right. the first round. You, you advance to the playoffs. You're going to play, you know, most you're likely every, the winner of the wild card game right yep. now as it stands. Yankees and we'll and go, the go from there. You have a tiebreaker against Houston. Mm-hmm. So you're basically essentially up three games on yep. them. Uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah. You know, a two games for sure. If you look at the last column, it's two, two games, games. And
1: that's what matters that's most. Tiebreaker.
0: That's there exactly, you, go, you can't make up a That's loss. That's right. You can't make up a loss. Look, always, no matter what sport you're looking at, you want to see how good you three
1: team. losses.
0: Watch your yep. losses. Count your losses. They matter more in the long run because you can't make them up.
1: And by the way, the chance to go 3-0 for my Denver Broncos this week for the second year in a row. So, Yep. Hey, look, can't wait to see them
0: tonight and uh, the rest of the week. Uh, Anthony we'll uh, talk to you uh, maybe this weekend maybe not yep. we'll just see what what comes about and I want to remind everybody to go to iTunes rate review and subscribe to our podcast also if you have the opportunity uh, download some of our other podcasts we're gonna have we got our scoreboard show and I have my one-on-one uh, interviews with different uh, people from around the Valley and around the country and around the world. So uh-huh. uh, I've reached out to a few people. We're going to try to get that on. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the one I did with Ray Reinstorf, I recommend it highly. If you're into broadcasting and if you're looking to maybe learn more about it, Ray has had a, a really interesting career over in Western Pennsylvania and uh, Ray's a good friend who uh, we both did games for the same uh, company at different times. So uh, listen to that one. Also, there's the one with Eric Danis, if you're into poker. And uh, my hope, and I haven't reached out to him this week, but I want to try to reach out to uh, my man, Jay Carver, uh, a.k.a. Jason Somerville. And if I can uh, convince him to give me a half hour to an hour to talk to about uh, what he has done for the world of poker and uh, the world of online uh, gaming. We're going to talk to him, and uh, that's my hope. And uh, we'll try to run it up as he does each and every night. So for Anthony in Campfield, I'm Tim in Have a great night, everyone.
1: Peace.